Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J.O. Tongues, the decoded language of the Spirit. Alright, this is part five. I won't share for a very long time. And I may end up probably touching on some of the things that I had actually touched. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. This is KJV. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now when you speak mysteries, you are saying something that only God can understand. You are not saying things that men can understand. That is why it is a mystery. But for there to be an understanding of a mystery, there has got to be a decoding. Uh-huh. God reveals to us things in mystery so that they may be decoded. Or else, if nothing is decoded, then the mystery is of no use to us. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. You know, when we talk about mysteries according to the scripture, that Apostle Paul is revealing to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. He goes further to tell us in verse 7. Uh-huh. In other words, he's basically giving us an elucidated perspective as to what kind of mysteries that the, the, the Bible speaks about. He says in verse 7 of the same, same chapter, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Uh-huh. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now Paul is saying this eh? in the context of what we've been sharing in this series. That when we speak in tongues, friends, we are speaking a hidden wisdom of God. Those who speak in tongues, they speak a wisdom which is hidden. It is hidden in God. Okay, It is the hidden wisdom of God and it is hidden in him. It is not the wisdom of men. And that is why whenever people speak in tongues, you find that most times there are those who will mock them and they'll say that these guys keep on, you know, they keep on uttering, uh, you know, syllables that are almost similar. But they do not understand the fact that when we speak in tongues, we are speaking a wisdom. The mystery in this particular case is a hidden wisdom. Okay? Now, what is the wisdom of God? In this particular portion of scripture. The wisdom of God refers to the plan of God on the earth. There is something that God ordained before time. There is something that God had had, had determined from the wombs of eternity. As to what he had wanted to happen on on, on the planet of the earth. Because you see the earth is supposed to be the arena of manifestation. Now friends. Why do we speak in tongues? We speak in tongues because tongues will ensure that the plans of God are concealed from Satan. You see, we've read, if, if, if you followed what I just read in verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Beloved, the reason why this wisdom is hidden is because God does not want the enemy to get to know what he's planning. Uh You get what I'm saying, beloved? Yes. Because, friends, if the Holy Spirit would have ensured that you and I were to pray in our own native languages, Now, when I talk about the native languages, I'm talking about English. 
I'm talking about Kiswahili. I'm talking about Luo, Kiku. You know, the languages of men. If we were to speak, if we were to pray the wisdom of God in our own languages, then what would happen is the plans of God would have been disclosed to the devil. Okay? And then what the devil would do is that he would set about trying to thwart those plans. You see, Satan was once upon a time with God. He was with him in his pristine state before he fell. So he understands the workability, the, the workability of God. But there are certain things that God ensured that Satan did not know. Just as in the same way, we must also understand that there are things that God also hides away from men. Because apart from Satan, men can also thwart the plans of God. Hey. Hey. Is somebody getting me? Let me take it further. You and I can thwart the plans of God sometimes when it is revealed unto us in the state where we are immature. So sometimes God will not reveal everything to you. He will ensure that some things are hidden from you until such a time when you are mature enough to handle the holy things of God. Because it's not only Satan who is the greatest enemy. Satan is not the greatest threat in your life. You are one of the greatest threats in your life. Hey. So sometimes God will allow you not to know certain things. And one of the ways in which God will hide some things in your life is through process. Ah. He'll allow you to go through a, a situation, he'll allow you to go through a journey whereby in the furnace of affliction, he separates that which is chaff in your life. And while you're going through that, in, your, in, in, in that state of humility, when you begin to pray to God, whereas you might expect God to speak to you in your native language, he begins to speak to you in tongues. Because when you speak in tongues, it's the Spirit of God speaking in and through you. Because there are certain things that must be done in your life before you are prepared to serve the sublime purpose of God for your generation. And that's why God will always ensure that Satan is in the dark insofar as what he's doing. I don't know, friends, sometimes the devil might think that by destroying your life, he's actually fighting God. But the one thing that Satan does not know is that in his process of trying to fight you, he's actually helping God. Because Satan is a tool in the hands of God. And there is nothing that Satan can do that can thwart the plans of God. Even when we go through frustrations, beloved, understand that every frustration is a, is, is, is a prophetic voice. Anytime when we go through stuff in our lives, you see the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So, 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 so in those moments when we go through situations, beloved, understand that nothing takes God unawares. He allows it to happen for his own glory. You see, God is not the author of evil, but he allows evil. Because at the end of the day, evil and good must follow their natural course. Are we together, friends? Do you know that evil will eventually serve the purpose of God? Does that make sense to you? Can you imagine the things that some of you have suffered do you realize in hindsight that they serve their purpose in your life? Hey. Yes. Hey. Or you're doubting. Some of you would not have, have you would not have matured in the place of character except that someone oppressed you. God used that oppressor as an instrument of purpose to work in your life and because you submitted to the due process without murmuring and complaining, you're a better person. Or else you'd have lived in a bubble and end up being foolish. So sometimes it's good to go through some things. You get what I'm saying? Even when there are some delays that you experience, some of these delays, they are not necessarily bad. So let's not be quick to pass judgment on things before time. Some delays that we go through in our own individual lives. Okay, you've delayed getting married. You've delayed probably in getting a job despite the fact that you cleared university years ago and you're wondering, why am I jobless? Hello? Huh? You've waited on God to get a child and this kid is not coming like Anna of old. You remember Anna of old? Yeah. Anna needed to delay. 
Meanwhile, Penina was an instrument in the hands of God to torment, to taunt Anna. And he pushed her to the place of prayer and brokenness until when she had to make a vow and said, God, just give me one male child, no children, one. And once you give me this child, I don't even need any other. Just this one will serve your purpose. I want a child who is not going to be like any other child. A child who will be a, a, a person with distinction. You get what I'm saying, friends? Oh, yes. And that is exactly what God is calling us to. You know, there are sometimes we make, you know, we, we, we keep on asking God to, to do certain things for us. But sometimes we, we, we fail to understand that God does not just want you to, do, to, to, to receive things from him just for the sake of it. He wants to use you and the thing that he's going to give you for his purpose. And that is why sometimes when we pray in deeper tongues, when you get the understanding, you realize, by the way, what the Spirit of God is saying through your speaking in tongues is that he wants you to be a man or a woman of distinction. There's a certain mystery. There's a hidden wisdom of God that has been hidden from the enemy. So that whereas the enemy thinks that he is thwarting the plans of God, he is, as, as, uh, he is on the other hand, fulfilling purpose. It's true. Because, you know, when you go through suffering, beloved, suffering has a prophetic purpose. Suffering produces perseverance. And somehow we need to suffer so as to be able to know how to persevere. Because even the breakthroughs that you're looking for, there has got to be some perseverance. You need to have some capacity, some internal muscle that will enable you to be able to handle the breakthrough that you're looking for. Hello? You want to get married? Oh, yes, it's good to get married. Eh? But, 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 but guess what? It is one thing to say that you want to get married, but it's another thing for you to ask yourself, do you have what it takes to handle your future spouse? What if your future spouse is, 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 is someone who's going to shake the nations of the, of, of the world, and yet you are an insecure control freak? Yes, you want to get married, fine. But listen here, God does not just want you to have any wife. He wants you to find the woman. And within the woman, you'll find the wife. Not a woman, the woman. You see, there are women, but there is the woman. Now here you are, you're looking for a woman because you're desperate. God wants you to find the woman. And once you find that woman, he wants you to have the capacity to handle what this woman has, because what this woman has, if you're not careful, you'll get intimidated, you end up becoming insecure, and the next thing you're going to be a wife batterer. Ah! So in order for God to stop you from being a wife batterer, he'll have to delay you from getting married. Here you are, you're saying you're looking for a pretty person. The, first, the, the question is this, are you looking for a wife or are you looking for prettiness? You're saying you're looking for a husband. Thank God you're looking for a husband, but you know there is the man, and there's a man. There's a certain wisdom of God concerning the man that you need that if you're not careful, you might end up losing him faster than when you got him. You see, there are men who, for those of you who are my daughter, there are men who you don't just toy around. You lose him very fast. Why do you want a man that you can't handle? Here you are, you're looking for a man who drives a gazala car. You want a man who lives in a four-bedroom house, earns a six-figure salary, yet you're lazy. Hello? Hey. God wants such a man to have a woman who will be an administrator. A woman who will be the administrator of the purpose of God insofar as this man's life is concerned. Ah. Not a consumer. Because there are women who like to consume. Now, I'm not saying that for you to be effective as a wife, you must have a job. Who says that having a job makes you effective? No. Women are hearing what I'm saying? It's not a question about getting a job. It's a question of, of as to whether you understand your purpose in that man. And why does he honor the figures that you're so excited about? Can you administer those figures? Can you be trusted with a pin of his ATM? 
You know, we must ask ourselves these questions. What if God just wants you to marry someone who does not earn the kind of figures you have, but this man is a man of substance? I don't want to struggle. I don't want poverty and so on. She way. The fact that you speak that way confirms my worst fear that you should actually remain single. Hello? You know, we must change how we think. Okay? And you men, don't just look for, for, for a woman to keep you. I'm digressing. You're speaking to us. Wow. When you look in the next verse of the same, same book we read, which none of the princes, in other words, the demonic powers of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Uh-huh. This is verse 8, basically. Uh-huh. You see, friends, if the devil had known that he was going to be used in the plan of God, uh-huh. insofar as the salvation of man is concerned, he would have ensured that Pontius Pilate and his cohorts of the Pharisees and the Sadducees would not have crucified Jesus. That's right. That's right. Friends, if the devil knew, and if the people who have been against your life knew uh-huh. that they were being used to propel, to, to propel you to your promotion in life, they would not do anything. That's the truth of the matter. Okay? That is why there are some things that eyes have not seen, things that ears have not heard, things that have not been conceived in the hearts of men, which God hath prepared for us. And these things are revealed by the Spirit of God. So when we speak in tongues, we are basically speaking mystery. We are speaking a hidden wisdom of God. A wisdom which even those who are against you do not know that they are participators in the plan of God for your life. That is why, we, you know the Bible says we must live at peace with all men. And with holiness, without which no man shall see God. You know, friends, I've realized something. Holiness does not just come because you avoid fornication. You avoid stealing. Holiness comes because you are at peace with all men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know we've, we've understood holiness in the context of so long as I'm not fornicating, I'm not a robber, I, don't, I, I, I bring all my tithes to church. You know, those things are good. But let me tell you, beloved, there's a place you walk with God insofar as being holy is concerned where you are at peace with all men, including your enemies. Because your enemies are participating in the plan of God for your life. Infamy, listen to me. Those that are against this ministry... You should not see them as your enemies. They are helping you and I in serving the purpose of God. Because if they had known (laughs) in 2010, if they had known, if they had known that by calling someone a false prophet and a leader of a prominent cult in town, if they had known, Uh they would not have even opened their mouths. And what that would have happened is it would have made some of us live in a bubble. You get what I'm saying, friends? So some things are hidden so that men may do what they are good at doing, hurt other people. But behind the scenes, God is working in your life. And that is why, beloved, anytime when you go through something, instead of murmuring completely, go in prayers. Pray in tongues for hours. What it does is that it rejuvenates you. It causes you to rise above circumstances, above situations, and you become a better person. And when you are at peace, even with those who hurt you, beloved, you will see God in your life. But when you are a person who walks in bitterness and unforgiveness, no wonder God is not even working in your life. Now, Taka, if you, until you learn how to forgive, don't think Jesus was out of his mind when he told us to love our enemies and to pray for those that persecute us. He was not out of his senses. It's because he knew very well one thing, that the same, same people who do this are participating in fulfilling God's plan for your life. 
And some of these people will actually t- convert. Okay? Uh-huh. The person standing in front of you does not believe in having enemies. He has heard them. He has experienced enmity from all, from, from all fronts. But you know one thing about me, beloved, and like some of you, you know I really wonder why some of you guys are bothered about certain things. There are things that don't bother me. Oh, Papa, you know, and they said this and that. So what if they said? Let them do their work. They're in God's hands. Why do you want to, to frustrate Papas? You want people to say you're a good person, yet there's no good in you. Papa, I thought you were, you were talking on, on, on the subject, tongues, the decoded language of the spirit. <laughs> of course I am. I'm decoding. And I'm helping you understand why sometimes praying in tongues is very necessary. Because you do not speak to your mind. You speak mysteries unto God. Because if you are to speak to your mind, my friend, your mind will tell you that is rubbish. Stop speaking what you're saying. Your mind understands the native language. So God gives you a language that bypasses your mind. So that you, only, you know it is a language whereby your spirit man is connecting with the spirit of God. And you know, when you reach a certain level of being in the spirit, uh-huh, uh-huh. God gives you the understanding hey. as to why he is doing whatsoever he's doing. And he gives you the grace to actualize yourself through the process before you become. Uh-huh. That is why the apostles of old did not mind about persecution. Yes. They counted themselves as being privileged to suffer for the sake of Christ. But the believer of today whines and complains of a very small demon. Hmm? You get a small cold and the next thing you want to do live stream at home. You're so discouraged, you know, Bishop, I'm going through stuff. <laughs> My friend, the world we are living right now is not for such kind of people. Because as we move towards the close of the end of the age, things will be tough. And it is only those who are tough that will get going. If you're looking for someone to pamper you, my friend, I have news for you. You're not fit for the kingdom. Oh, yes, you're not. Because the kingdom of God suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. Now, here you are, you want the kingdom, and yet you are a weakling. You can't even pray for 30 minutes. 30 minutes only, 30 minutes. And you want to experience the same breakthrough as someone who travels in prayer for hours. Which kingdom are you talking about? You want to be promoted to a place where witches sit. (laughs) My friend, the gates of society are occupied by people who serve the enemy. And for you to be able to surmount them, you must be spiritual, you must be in the spirit. I'm telling you, to be able to access and, and, and be enthroned in the gate of government, you must be spiritual, not, yes. not politically connected. Because most politicians are spirit beings. They, you know, these are high priests. Some of them are in the occultic world. And here you are, you're so weak. You can't even pray for 10 minutes. And you're saying God is sending you to the gate of government. Which government? Which one? If you want to serve in government, my friend, the forces are, are, are tough. You get what I'm saying? That is why when we pray in tongues, it enables us to have a deeper understanding as to what we are dealing with, what we are up against, and we are able to get wisdom as to how to tackle these things. You cannot surmount the strategies of the enemy using your own brain. You think you're learned? Eh? There are witches there who are more learned than you. Hey! You only have one degree, which is even not significant. And there are people who have got more than five degrees. And apart from that, they are operating in, 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 in the spirit. They, these are people who, who have certain forces backing them. You've got only one degree that has no impact. In the next realm. It's not felt anywhere. Satan looks at you and laughs and says, 
that degree. I'm not trying to trash your credentials, <laughs> but I'm just telling you the truth. How many people are learned today? How many people were learned at Tamaking, Kenyans? Tell me. Are there many? So you make here. You are living in the glory of your graduation. <laughs> you, let me tell you something, friends. Yet, listen, listen here. Allow me to digress. I don't even know I can't speak on my suburb. Listen here. You are living in the glory of your graduation, and yet, you want to get a job in a company of a person who only reached form two. Do you know some of the rich people in this country are not, have not even gone to school? There are some tycoons in this country from central Kenya. Do you know how they sign using this? Huh? But this they have, yet you want to be employed in their company. Life does not even care. And there's nothing you can do. And whether you like it or not, you're desperate for his job with your two degrees. Do you know what that tells you, friends? There's much more in life, isn't it? For you to find favor in some places, beloved, it is not so much about school. School is important, beloved, because it must be relevant. But apart from school, beloved, you need to know what God has in store for you. Because I've realized in this life, there are things that God cannot give me because of my efforts. There are things that I get because of favor. And because time and chance happens to them all. So it's not how fast you go. That's why we must be people who partner with the Holy Spirit and he will give us answers to things that we take, I don't know how many, how many years to figure out. Hmm? You get what I'm saying? Hmm. You see, in, whereas the plan of God for your life is hidden from the enemy, it is the will of God for you to know it. It is his desire for you to know it. And you can always pray concerning the plan of God for your life when you speak in tongues. Because God wants to reveal certain secrets to us by his spirit. And you know, when God speaks to us by his spirit, he does not speak by his spirit to your mind. God speaks to us by his spirit to our spirit. Because deep in God calleth unto the deep in me. It takes the spirit of God to connect with the spirit of man. Come on. Come on. Even witches understand these things. You know, the problem is the people of the world who serve the enemy, they understand these principles, but the children of light do not know. Witches do not transact with the mind. Witches transact in the realms of, spirit, of the spirit. And you know, even within the demonic world, these guys understand rank. But the kingdom of God people do not recognize rank. No wonder that is why the enemy takes advantage. One thing I've known about people who, do, who practice witchcraft. Witchcraft is at levels and, at, and, and, and within the construct of regions. There's a certain region you don't cross if you're a wizard. When you meet a wizard of a higher rank, my friend, you have to bow or else you get destroyed. It's true. But the children of God do not understand rank. Hey. The children of God break ranks. Uh-huh. They defy authority. And uh-huh. as a result, you end up being, uh, you know, you, you end up becoming a prey of the enemy. Yeah, it's true. Hmm? Yeah. You claim your spirit filled, but you do not know the importance of submitting to authority. Hmm? You know the Bible in and out. You know it in and out. But the same Bible that tells you to submit to parental authority, you don't, you, you don't want to. All because of your bitterness. And because you've had issues with parental authority, you expect every other person to have issues with parental authority. Hello? And you say you're a Christian. 
You have a problem with the people who submit to delegated authority because it has never been applicable in your life, but you claim to be born again and yet you want the same, same things that those who submit have. You are a liar. And the truth of God is not in you. Let's talk. Yeah. You want to be an astute businessman, but the principles of, of, of you practicing business is not in you. Do you know why? Because God wanted you to be an apprentice, but in rebellion you defied your boss because you thought you knew it. So you end up struggling in your business. You expect those who work under you to submit to you and yet have a problem with submission and things go wrong. Hello? And then when you come to a church such as this and you find brethren whom you found peaceful, very, very peaceful, submitting to pastoral authority, you have a problem. And, it's not, and, you see, and you see, the issue is not even about the pastors or the deacons. The issue is you have a problem with authority. Hello? Hello? The last time I checked, I've never told anyone to call me Papa. Those of you who are new, those who came, you know, those who, those who came after, after 2012, maybe from 2013 onwards, let me tell you, I never stood in the pulpit, and I think those of us who are first generation, you can confirm, I never stood on the infamy pulpit and said that I must be called Papa. Correct or wrong? Hmm? How many of you are first generation? Mm -hmm. Did I ever tell anybody? On the pulpit. You remember in Abbey, did I tell guys now from today onwards I'm your papa? Did I lately? The last time I checked, I never stood on the infamy pulpit and said, From today onwards, I'm your father. And you must submit to me. I'm your father. Mimini Babahako. Unite Baba. Did I say so? Hmm? No, I'm asking. You, you know people are first generation, you can confirm. Hmm? Did I ever tell people that I must, you, you must call me for, did I? But you know there are people who have a problem with that. Do you know why they have a problem with that? It is not because calling Gobanga, Papa, or my father and the Lord is the issue. The issue is where they have come from. Not here. Because the moment they came here, their issues showed up. When they left, they left with their issues. You know, I'm a very simple person. There are people in this church who still call me Pasi. I've never been annoyed. Hello? Yeah, there are people who call me Rev. Until the, you, you, you can actually notice them feeling like they, they have actually committed a sacrilegious act, and I look and I, I enjoy that entertainment. <laughs> Hmm? That you know, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Bishop, Bishop. I really enjoy a lot of entertainment. You see, friends, a bishop is still a pastor. The only difference is when you are a bishopric, you are a pastor of pastors, yeah. but you're still a pastor. Yeah. Okay? An apostle is also a pastor. Yeah. The only difference is the dimension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for some of us, you know, we don't really bother about titles. Titles do not, they, have, they, have got, they, have got, they are of no value. Because why do you have a title and yet you have no merit? The kingdom of darkness is not intimidated as to whether you're called apostle, bishop, and so on, and yet you're so weak. I'm telling you. So when you deal with people who have got issues with parental authority, issues with authority where they came from, and they start having such kind of conversations, my friend, you better run away from them. Okay? I call my father in the Lord, my papa, I call him my father. I mean, you, you, you know how I relate with Bishop Lumi. And that is, you, you know that's between me and him. But as for you people, I never told any of you to do that. You know why? It's because 
If you have no revelation of me being Papa, then why should you call me Papa? You're calling me Papa with no revelation. You're calling me Bishop, but you don't even know what it means to be a Bishop biblically. You call me an Apostle. Are you sure I am an Apostle? How about you had other people call me? Hmm? Hello? Eh? Yeah, like one was just saying, I only recognize him as, as, as pastor or minister. It's true, I'm a pastor and I'm a minister, of course. But in the Lord, I have begotten people in this ministry. Well, today is, there's going to be a lot of digressing today. You see, friends, the Bible says in verse 9 and 10, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Okay? Now, how does God reveal these wonderful things? Okay? The Bible says he reveals them by his spirit. How do you know that I am Papa? How do you know that I'm an apostle? How do you know I'm a bishop? You can only know so by the Spirit. But if at all you know me as a bishop, because you, you, you've actually seen it on the, on the projector, Bishop Gobanga, J-O, presiding clergy of infinite fellowship, you don't even know the meaning of the word presiding clergy. No revelation. Why do you want to be a clone? At least get some fragment of revelation so that when you're relating with authority, you're relating within the construct of what you know, what has been disclosed to you. Because there are things that we can never understand, even about each other. There are things about each other when we relate as brothers and sisters in Christ. Unless they are revealed by the Spirit of God, they will just be stories. That's why God gave us the Spirit of God. We are filled by the Holy Spirit with the outward evidence of speaking in tongues, not so that we, we can entertain people with civilized tongues, but so that we may move from just being a mere sounding symbol into being able to capture what are some of the things that we need. Because, friends, the things that God has in store for us, they are not far away. Most of it is within us. And for us to be able to actualize whatsoever is within us, we must be in one accord. When we come together in a fellowship such as this, we come together as various portals. So ours is to stir up each other unto good works, so that whatsoever is dormant within me may be stirred up by me being in one accord with you. And that is why it is wrong for you to have enemies in the house of God. It is wrong for you to be critical. It is wrong for you to defy authority because, beloved, if you defy authority, you are basically working against your future. You getting me? When you go against authority, it is not the authority that you are fighting. You are fighting yourself. Because you are basically telling the person in authority that the Christ he has that you need, you, don't, you, you, you no longer want. And you know one thing I've known about God, friends? The more I grow in God, the more I realize there are some choices I don't have. Let me tell you this, friends. There are some things that you can do and get away with, and it is not sinful. But for me, it is sin. Come on! Come on! There are things that you people who are here, you can do, you can get away with it, and it is not that it is sinful, because at your level, it is okay. Hey. It is expedient for you to do so. But there are things I cannot do. Hey. Not because it is evil, but because as far as God is concerned, as far as my ordinations are concerned, as far as my consecration is concerned, I cannot do. Because if I do so, I die. My consecration is different from yours. Hey. So the question you must ask yourself, what level of consecration are you in? And what are some of the things that you cannot do? Ah! You see, friends, you can be in the same church, you can be of the same faith, okay? But there are things that your friend is allowed to do, but you are not allowed. Not because it is evil, but it is not profitable for you. 
I want us to come to the place where we no longer need people to supervise us on what we need to do. But you know, there are some of you who behave like you want to be supervised. Now, my friend, a man and a woman with 32 teeth, that is, if at all all of them are there, you want to be supervised by, at this age. Sangapi. When you are in your early 20s, yes, I was hawk-eyed because we were laying a foundation. But at this stage, if you came after those days when I used to be hawk-eyed, my friend, those days are over. You'll never see them. You'll only hear stories. How do you supervise someone who, is, who has beards? And with a deep voice, that is, if, if at all it's deeper like mine, because I doubt whether yours is. You have to take care of yourself, beloved, because, you know, when you're in partnership with the Spirit of God, when you're deep in prayer, there are things that God will tell you. There are some righteous requirements of the Spirit that you must know for yourself. And don't start looking for somebody else who's acting like you. You see, I have my fellow bishops, but you know, friends, I'm not like them and they're not like me. There are things they can do, but there are things I cannot do. There are things I can do that they cannot do. Why? Because my consecration is different. Come on. If I start doing what bishop so-and-so is doing, my friends, it will not work. So the more I seek God when I pray in tongues, there are things God tells me as to how I need to change. How do I dress? How do I talk? How I used to talk in 2010 is not the way I used to talk now. Because of consecration. The question is, what has changed about you? Because after you've spoken in tongues, where is the fruit? Where is the fruit of the Spirit? What is the hidden wisdom of God that has been revealed insofar as the plan of God for your life is concerned? Or do you just have stories that, oh, I went to this meeting in KICC and God spoke to me. Okay, if he spoke to you, so what? After he has spoken to you, what were the righteous requirements? Because you see, I can receive a prophetic word, but after that, when I go to God in tongues, then God tells me, for this word to come to pass, you must change how you talk. You must change how you dress. You must change your hairstyle. Other people will do the things that you're told not to do and they'll prosper. But the problem we have in the church is that because we see people doing stuff. Hello? You see people doing things and they are prospering, you also want to do. Come on! Let me not appear as though I'm I'm attacking a, a certain category of people, but I just want you to get something clear. You see, this whole subject of tattoos is very disputable. I I refer to it as disputable because, you know, friends, if we start having the conversation of tattoos, we'll never ever get anywhere. It is very easy for us to condemn each other about tattoos, but the question we must ask ourselves is this. If somebody has tattoos on his body or her body and is prospering, does it mean that you must have tattoos? Is it a righteous requirement for you as an individual? I can have tattoos, my friends. And let me tell you, as far as God is concerned, I am righteous. Because it is not in the tattoo. It is in the motive. So if you start comparing me who has tattoos on my body and you think that because Papa is walking this way and that way and is doing well, let me also put tattoos. My friend, you will hurt yourself in that process and nothing will work in your life, my friend. I tell people, I do not care how many tattoos you put. I am not moved. Me, I'm only interested in your soul. Not how your body looks like. You put as many tattoos as you want. But the question is, at the end of the day, after all is said and done, is it a righteous requirement for you as an individual? You saw somebody in the marketplace who worships a serpent and seems to be successful, and you're forgetting that this person is drawing inspiration from the serpent. You don't even have any connection with any, 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 any with, 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 with the young of a crocodile, and here you are, you're puffed up with pride. The animal kingdom does not recognize you. 
and he's gotten into you. So you think that by drawing the, the, the image of a crocodile on your hand, that's when you'll have the power of the crocodile. My friend, no. You try moving next to a crocodile and we'll see whether you'll survive. Well, you must ask yourself, I as Bishop Gobanga, what does God want me to do? Because this body is his temple. Okay? Bishop so-and-so dresses like this. As far as God is concerned, that is okay. You okay? But is it okay for me? What if I try to copy him and I end up missing out? You must be yourself. And thank God for being who you are. Don't try to add, don't try to subtract. You're okay. Okay? You get what I'm saying? If it is your hairstyle, is there a revelation? But Papa, you know that one is not very important. It is important. Because it defines you. <laughs> it does. I'm not bothered about hairstyles. I mean, if you want to shave clean, if you want to have those original dreadlocks that reach your toes, if you, if you have insight and it's making you work best, as if you're working out your salvation fear and trembling, please walk with them, but make sure you don't step on, on the dreadlocks, you might fall. <laughs> but at the end of the day, is it a righteous requirement? You, you know, you must ask yourself, and I don't need to come and preach a sermon on do's and don'ts. We will end up becoming mosaic. Yeah, in the New Testament, we are under grace. You, you understand what I'm saying, infamy? One man's meat is another man's poison. Why do you want to partake of something which is meat to an individual, but is going to be poisonous to you? Come on. Come on. I'm telling you. Hmm? When I became a minister, there are things that I realized I could not do. I could not. I could not. But any other person who's not in full-time ministry can do and they are fine, and it is not seen. But for me, if I try to do, it is seen. It is not abomination, but it interferes with what God is doing in my life. That's why, friends, don't try to live my lifestyle. You can't. You just cannot. Just as I cannot live your lifestyle. First of all, you are so young with a lot of energy, the energy that I don't have. Even when I try to dance like you, I you're getting me? Yeah. I belong to a different generation. So I have to accept that there are things that bypassed me. That's why this whole thing about midlife crisis and so on, those are just terminologies. Live above mi 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 midlife crisis. Okay? Yeah. Don't be too tired. Because your parents are not going to be a mama. They are not going to be a mama. Because they are not going to be a mama. My friend, you are a girl. Hmm? Hmm? Mrs. Mukuria, you are a girl. Hmm? You know, after Zeke came, it's like you became even younger and more light-skinned and so on. Oh, my God. Hey. You know, when I look at Mrs. Mukuria, um, you remember the days when she was still new in infamy? That, that glow. Remain that way. Yes. So that when your, when your children grow up, they realize, yeah, mom has gone way ahead of us. Prophetess comes and, 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 you, and you tell her, Mom, teach us your ways. <laughs> yeah. Because, friends, there are things that only God is supposed to minister to. And that is why being filled by the Spirit of God and allowing yourself to walk in the Spirit, you will learn mysteries as to how to take good care of yourself as an individual, and there will be less counseling. You know, we love pastoral counseling because we like people talking to us. Now, does it mean, Papa, we should not have people talk to us? No, I also like people talk to me. I like being talked to. But surely, it, there are some things I don't even need to go for counseling when I have the counselor who lives in me. He will tell me what I'm supposed to do. He will teach me a truth that no man will teach me. Why do we want to be told things that only the Spirit of God can give you? 
You see, as much as I'm doing this sharing, you can, you can even tell that I've digressed from the sermon, but at the end of the day, listen here. <laughs> to you, it is a digression, but to somebody else, there's a certain thing that he or she is getting. Yes. Yeah. And the difference will be in the fruit. I'm telling you, friends, you get very excited. Hmm? Hmm? You know, Thea is just clapping. How she's just saying hallelujah, you know? She does, I was being told she does this nowadays. I've, I've actually proven. I think she's enjoying my voice. Hmm? There are things, beloved, that you must know. I has not seen. Neither as he had, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But look at this, what, what, the, what the word of God says. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. You get what I'm saying, beloved? God wants us to be at a place where we are able to speak certain truths by revelation. Not by citation. Have you understood? Yes. You can speak a truth by revelation, but you can also just cite the truth. The way we cite scripture. God is not calling us to cite scripture and know where the comma is. God wants you to, to speak, to declare, to actualize the truth by revelation. You must have an insight into that which is of God, into the purpose of God. That enables you to, you know, to, to be led of the spirit to the point where you become free. One of the greatest liberties that we need in our lives is not liberty from the devil. We need liberty from the deception that we have embraced for decades. You need to be liberated from the mindset that you had that has become a stronghold in your life. Because that mindset is what Satan uses to hold you captive. We can cast out the devil, but at the end of the day, if you don't address the mindset, the devil still has control over your life. You see, the devil does not need to decide in you for you to be bound. As long as he knows that his mind, the, the, the mindset you have is a stronghold, he will always use it. He will always trigger it. And that alone is enough for him to implant and infuse his, his, his ideology in your life. Hello? You know, I realize something, friends. There are things that I can be taught when I speak in tongues. When I worship God in tongues, when I, you know, when I pray in tongues, there is a certain truth that the Spirit of God will teach me and me as an individual. Hmm? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You see, the Amplified Version puts it this way, and we are setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom. Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language. That is tongues. You know, you reach a point when, you, when you're so deep in tongues, even when you begin to speak in the native language, it is no longer native. Do you know there's a way, friends, after you have prayed in tongues for hours, when you start speaking in the normal language of men, your speaking is not normal. Even how you phrase your language is not normal. And you're not doing it because you want to impress people. You're doing it because you are living it. That's why you'll find someone preaching as someone that is similar to another person. The topic is the same, the scripture is the same, but the difference is where both of them have been. There is that who has actually traveled in the flesh and has gone to the encyclopedia, but there is that one who has actually met with the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God teaches you how to package your language. Because when you package your language in the right way, you'll basically be releasing an energy that brings forth life in every circumstance and every situation. You know, there's a place when you, when you speak in tongues, by the time when you switch into the language of understanding, 
even how you even how you pray, there is power and there is authority. You move beyond just me begging, give me, give me. You begin to decree, and you know when you decree, it is done. You understand what I'm saying? You know, most people find it very hard to go deeper in the Holy Ghost. Not because the Spirit of God is only limited to a few. It's because people have a very, very twisted mindset about speaking in tongues. And it's because of the misconception as to how tongues operate in the, in the lives of people. Okay. Okay? okay? You know, people are thinking that the Holy Spirit will come upon them by taking control over their vocal cords. It will never happen. Ah, ah. Hey, those of you who don't speak in tongues, you think that the Spirit of God will just pounce on you and take over your vocal cords. My friend, that is witchcraft. It doesn't work like that. He'll just pounce on you. And give you a tight embrace. Yeah? That is not how the Spirit of God operates, beloved. <laughs> yeah? Hmm? And you know, when you're, you know, when you're such an individual, you know, if your notions are, 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 are preconceived, you'll end up being frustrated. I've come across such people. Hmm? You're waiting for a minister to lay hands on you. And I told us, I think either in part one or part two, sometimes you don't need a minister to lay hands on you because I can lay hands on you and you'll tarry there, waiting for the Spirit of God to pounce upon you and give you a tight embrace. Holy Ghost. This is the embrace of the Spirit. So you also embrace in your imaginations the Holy Ghost. Come upon me, Holy Spirit. Oh God, yes, I feel it. I see it. Yes. Oh, I receive. Yet you've imitated what somebody else has said. Hmm? Hmm? You know, I've seen people in church try all sorts of things. And yet they have never been able to burst out in tongues. Hmm. Hmm. Let me tell you something. Speaking in tongues is an act of the will. Speaking in tongues is not an act of the tongue. Are you getting what I'm saying? Speaking in tongues is not resident in your tongue. It is an act of the will. If your will is not in it, beloved, it does not matter if you imitate. And you know, in the Pentecostal movement, we have got imitators of tongues. People who can imitate how the senior pastor speaks, how pastor so-and-so speaks, so on and so forth. Hmm? You must understand, beloved, God will never override your will in matters of speaking in tongues. Never. Because, friends, you are a free moral agent. You're free. God has given you the, the, the ability to exercise the capacity of your will. And you must take the initiative if you are going to speak in tongues. It is not the pastor. It is not the Holy Spirit. It is you. Because if you decide not to exercise the capacity of your will to speak in tongues, what else can God do? And God will never violate his principles. He made you with a free will. That's why you have the freedom to obey the word of God and you have the freedom to disobey. If at all you're you're so perfect in disobeying the scriptures, why do you expect the same same spirit of God to pounce on you and override your will so that you may speak in tongues? You disobedient person. You want the spirit of God to pounce on you? Hmm? He's not a pouncer. You get what I'm saying, friends? He will never force it. You see me speaking in tongues by, by friends, it was because I exercised the capacity of my will. And I also did what? I trusted God. It was, an, it was also an act of faith. You, you, you get what I'm saying? You just start praying. You thank God that the language is inside of you. You just thank him in understanding. And you release yourself. You don't become a stiff person. 
you know, you, you're, you're trying to be very careful. I do not want to be silly like these people in this church. So you're like this, you know, I don't want to be careless here. These guys are just noisy, noisy. The Spirit of God will look at you, and the person next to you will be down. And, you, and you'll begin to admire how, what this person is saying. And after a few weeks, you'll, you'll discover that the language of this person has, has, has changed. You're just there. Because you, you, you're relying more on your mind. The Spirit of God does not use your mind yeah. to cause you to speak in tongues. Yeah. He relies on your will. Yes. Not your mind. You get what I'm saying, friends? Yeah. When you start praying, you'll find that you'll speak in words that you do not understand. Because the Spirit of God has not caused you to speak in tongues whereby you use words that you understand. He causes you to speak you know, in tongues with words that only the Spirit understands. You get what I'm saying, friends? Let me take it further. He causes you to speak in tongues that your spirit man understands. Not your mind, your spirit man. Because your spirit man is a consciousness of the divine. Your spirit man is God conscious. Your soul where you have the mind, the will and emotions is self-conscious. So most of us, we are self-conscious and that is why we struggle with this thing. You're too self-conscious. Hmm? And of course, if you're a lady, you get very emotional because you think that when you're so emotional, that's when now the Lord is working in you. Well, that's relative. Ladies, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I'm not trying to rubbish your, your, your ability to be emotional because there are also men who get emotional. But if that is what you're relying on, then you're in for a rude shock. Hmm? Others think that when they drop themselves down, that's when the Holy Spirit will just pounce upon them. Pop! <laughs> so you start screaming and yelling, but the truth of the matter is that you're being noisy. You know, I've seen things in the Pentecostal movement that make me entertained. You know, whenever I watch some of these places, you, you, know, you know, some of these ministries, and the kind of entertainment that I'm treated is so amazing. Okay. So the Spirit of God will never do, I mean, He's not going to just come upon you like that. No, friends, no. And you know, when you speak in tongues, it might not sound anything much. You might find yourself sometimes just repeating two or three syllables over and over again. Give it time. Don't be impatient. Okay? Just give it time. What happens is when you exercise your ability to speak in those two or three syllables, the Holy Spirit will develop your prayer language as you yield yourself to him. You must exercise the capacity of your, you must surrender your will to the leading of the Spirit of God. The problem is we surrender our mind when we are speaking in tongues. And the Spirit of God has no business with your mind. Especially in the beginning. You surrender your will. And you know, before long, you'll, you'll, you, you might end up even wondering, okay, I'm saying things which are, sounds very good, but I'm wondering what I'm saying, but let me just continue. And you continue and continue and continue. And the more you continue, the more you feel you're being built up. Hey. You find that faith is being built up on you. You, be, hey. you begin to be very confident. Hey. You meet every situation. You don't complain. You confront it. Hey. Hmm? Hmm? Don't have this mentality that, ah, I'm speaking in tongues. Maybe this is just me. I'm just trying to make it up. Hmm? Now, let me say this. Of course, when you speak in tongues... It is you. Do you know I say it is you? It is because your spirit man must work in collaboration with the Holy Spirit. So you must participate. Yeah. That is why when you start, it feels as though it is you. And the truth is that it is you. Because if, if you don't feel it is you, then <laughs> who is it? If it is not you, you're very convinced it is not you, then who is it? Who is it? How do you know? How do you know? Huh? How do you know? 
It has to be you. Your spirit man is you. That's the real you, isn't it? Yeah. So you must participate. Because if it is not you, then we'll have to question who really are you? Show yourself. This body that you have, what is inside? Okay? Hmm? And you know, one of the indicators that will make you know that the Holy Spirit is operational inside of you is that you'll always feel that you have been refreshed, yes. you've been edified. Yes. Yes. If you don't feel refreshed and edified, who is it that is speaking in you? Were you imitating? And that is exactly what happens in church. People imitate. I'm telling you that there are people who do that. I've had a few imita imitations in infamy over the years. Just a few, not many, so relax. At least there's one person who used to imitate, but at least nowadays she speaks good tongues, and I say, okay, we, I'm a grow. It's okay. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? I think uh, next Sunday I'm going to look at different types of tongues. What are tongues of intercession? What are tongues of edification? Tongues of warfare. Hmm? Tongues of message. How do we give tongues of message? I think we, you've, we, we've been exposed to tongues of message here. Um, you know, of, of, over the years. Hmm? Ta uh, you know, when we say tongues of worship, what do we mean? You've seen us practice here, or rather exercise the ability to operate in tongues of worship. That is how we've gotten most of our spiritual songs, through tongues of worship. Okay? Tongues of the Spirit. What are angelic tongues? And tongues of men. Okay? You get what I'm saying? So we will look at that next week. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.